you're welcome. This is the last time you have to hear me. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm sure your classes went really well. Uh, David's here in the adult class was really, really awesome. Uh, if you were in here for that, I apologize because we are going to talk about a lot of the same stuff. Uh, we didn't really coordinate very well. Um, but I'm, I'm excited for this second part of our, of our series, Dare to Change the World. Um, remember in our first session, we talked about Peter, Andrew, James, and John and how they chose to follow Jesus, how they answered that call. And those guys turned the world upside down. Man, I, I want to be a part of a movement like that. I want to be part of something that changes the world. I know ever since most people at some point in their life, you think about you know, what you're going to do with your life, what you're going to do as you grow up. And just about everybody, I mean, we want to we change the world. We want to do something that, that is good. I want to be a part of a movement like these guys were involved with. I don't want to spend my life focused on church activities and buildings and designing programs for, for comfortable churchgoers. Uh, I don't want to build a kingdom that revol revolves around my limited gifts or in my imperfect leadership. I don't want to be a part of a people who really believe, or sorry, I want to be a part of a people who really believe that God is in each and every one of us for the spread of his gospel throughout the whole world. I want to be a part of a people who have forsaken every earthly ambition in favor of an eternal aspiration. To see disciples made and churches multiplied from house to house, from community to community, from state to state, and from nation to nation. I want to be a part of something that changes the world. So I want to dare us for our second session here to change the world. But here's the thing. This movement involves all of us, okay? This movement, if we're going to do this, if we're going to dare each other to change the world, it's going to take everybody, every single follower of Christ being a fisherman of men, every single disciple making more disciples, my dad, when I used to play sports growing up, I used to, you know, I know looking at me now, you may not believe this, but I, I used to play sports. Um, I, uh, I played football. I played baseball. You know, I did it all growing up. Uh, in high school, I wrestled. And my dad, he would always yell things from the sidelines, most of which I cannot repeat here. But one thing he used to say all the time, he'd be like, Malvin, this ain't no spectator sport. He would say that over and over and over again. And it was usually because, you know, speaking of my baseball days, I was the kid that brought my race cars in my pocket and sat in the outfield and played with those. Um, now, I did get into sports when I got a little bit older, but whenever I started to, like, not give my all, whenever I wasn't giving 100%, and he, he would say that I would start being a spectator rather than a player. You say, this isn't a spectator sport. This isn't something that you came to watch. This is something that you came to be a part of. That's what we have to do when we're talking about our Christian lives. When we're talking about church, this isn't something you came to watch. This is something we came to be a part of. And this is God's design for his church, that we're all involved, that we're all a part of his mission. And so I want to ask you a question as we start this second lesson today. Are you ready to be a part of something so big that it could change your life forever? That it could change the eternity of you, of your family, of your friends, 
and all the people in the whole world. Why? Or why not? And are you willing to walk away from everything else to make that a reality? Go with me to Matthew chapter 28. And uh, as you're turning there, during Jesus' introduction, we talked about in Matthew chapter 4 in the first session, he meets his disciples and he shows every follower that he has how to be a fisher of men. In Jesus' conclusion in Matthew chapter 28 that we're about to look at, Jesus shows everyone how to be a disciple maker. Simply, to be a disciple is to make disciples. So, uh, some of the most common yet ignored words, I think, in all of the scriptures are these that we're about to look at. We've all heard this scripture over and over and over again. Some of us in David's class just heard them a few minutes ago. Uh, Jesus gathered his disciples here on a mountain to give them his final instructions. We call this the Great Commission. These words should be at the center of everything we do as Christians and as followers of Christ. Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20, it says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, I want to do something real quick. Raise your hand if you've heard this scripture before. Just about all of us, right? We've all heard this. I think this is one of those verses that it's really easy. We preach it all the time, and then we go home and we do nothing about it. So what I want to do for this second session is take this scripture one part at a time, and go through and, and look at this. And I, I want to start, so, so stay here with me. I want to start where Jesus comes in. Oh, period. That's it. When Jesus comes in. This dude was dead. Okay? I don't know if you guys realize this. Jesus comes up. That's a big deal because he was dead. Okay? Um, Jesus comes to these guys. And uh, I don't know about you guys. I'm sure most of us have a family member or someone close to us that has passed away. I, I had a little brother. He, he passed away a few years ago. He was, he was about four years younger than me. If he walks in those doors right now, y'all, I'm knocking. I don't know if this thing's bolted down or not, but I'm running to him. And I'm going to talk to him, and I, I'm going to hang on every word he says just because he's my little brother. But then this guy, he comes back from the dead. This is someone that these, these apostles, these disciples are very, very close to. They spent the last couple years traveling with. If you know, if you've ever traveled with someone, you get very, very close to them. And not only that, but they've gotten so close to this guy, they watched him die a brutal death. And then they see him coming. This guy is back from the dead. That in and of itself is enough for me to say, what's he about to say? But then his very first words are all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me this guy is back from the dead I've already seen him do miracles I've already seen him raise people from the dead I've seen all these great and awesome things that he does he claims to be the son of God he's back from the dead and he says that all authority all of it everywhere is his he says, jump, I say, how high, right? At this point, I'm totally in. I'm invested. 
So what I want us to do right now is put ourselves right there in that moment. Picture yourself as a disciple standing there at Jesus' feet, and he's just come to you back from the dead and said, I have all the authority on heaven and on earth. And because of that authority, this is what I'm about to tell you. That's how I want us to look at this. The first thing he says, go. Our mission begins with action, okay? Following Jesus requires action. Uh, Just as the first disciples left their families and walked away from everything that they knew, uh, Jesus asks us to walk away. And no, it's not comfortable, it's not easy, but it's the first step in God's mission for every Christian on earth. So how does the word go apply to our daily life as disciples? Uh, for every, probably every single one of us, it's going to look a little bit different. What you have to do is decide what, how go is defined in your life. So a lot of you are like, yeah, but there's no, you know, I don't have any fish to leave behind and there's no Jesus standing here for me to follow. And so you're like, go, what, what does that really look like? Not every one of us can be foreign missionaries, okay? Not every one of us can go overseas and, and be a, a, you know, missionary. But like David said in his class, and, and what I'm about to tell you guys right now is, sometimes going means next door. Sometimes going means to that, that talking to that weird smelly kid that sits next to you in math. Sometimes going is talking to your family members. But going starts with an action. It begins with you actually deciding that I've left everything behind for Christ, and now I'm not just happy with leaving everything behind. Now I'm going to follow in his footsteps. Now I'm going to take action and do something about it. So he says go, and he says make disciples of all nations. Notice that there is a firm statement by Jesus about making disciples. This is not a question. He says, go and make disciples of all nations. He's like, go and, you know, if you get a chance to tell someone about Jesus, that'd be great. No, he says, go and make disciples. This is not a question. This is not a suggestion. This is something that every single person, if we claim to be connected to Christ, to that vine, if we say, if you tell anybody in your life that I am a Christian, you're supposed to be making disciples. If you're wearing that name of Christ, you're supposed to be making disciples. We don't have to wonder what he's saying here. I want to ask you a really, really tough question right now. I know it's getting close to lunch, and so it's hard to think about things that aren't food-related. But I want to ask you this. Have you ever made a disciple of Christ? Have you ever made a disciple? Because this verse says that this thing, this last important thing that Jesus has to say to us is to make disciples. And yet I think many, many, if not a majority of our church members could probably say, no, I've I've actually never made a disciple. How can we help make disciples of all nations from where we are right now? How can you help make disciples of all nations? Start with just one. Start with just one. And I'm not talking about just getting somebody into the water. I'm talking about saying to someone, hey, follow me because I'm following Christ. 
the way that I'm see, I see Christ is telling me how to live my life, how he's showing me how to live and how to be, I'm going to show you that same way. I'm going to show you Christ. We've got to make disciples, and it starts with just one. He says then, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Baptism is this identifiable beginning of a new disciple's journey to follow Jesus, okay? Have you been baptized? I hope that, that you've had this moment where you had this identifiable start to your mission, start to your going, where you meet Jesus in the water and you come up as a new creature. But if not, why not? And if you have been baptized, what did it actually mean to you? Was it something cool you did at camp because everybody else was doing it? Or was it something, this life-shaking, ground-shaking ground moment where you met Christ and it changed everything? If it was, if you had that moment where you met Jesus and it changed your whole life around, why would you not tell more people about that moment? If you truly believe that there is a God in heaven who sent his son to die for you, and that because of his death, you got to go down into the water and wash away all your mess-ups, all your sins, and because of that, you get to live with an awesome God forever and eternity, why in the world would we hesitate about telling people about that? Baptizing people in a name. Tell people about baptism, about meeting Christ. And then this part, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. I think a lot of times, going back to the same thing that we talked about in the very first lesson, we skip over this part. Earlier, I asked you, have you ever made a disciple? If you answered yes to that, did you do this part? Did you teach them to observe everything that I have commanded you? I had a friend in high school, um, you know, one, one of my big things that I, I really, really regret is that I came to stuff like this. I went to church on Sundays and Wednesdays, but at school, that wasn't me. At school, I wasn't this guy. Most of the people I went to school with would laugh at the fact that I'm a youth minister now. But s sometimes I did. You know, if I, if I really just really wanted my friend to spend a night on a Saturday night, you know, he would come with me on Sunday mornings, and I would turn into that guy. And so he would come. There's a specific friend of mine. He was a really, really close friend of mine. He came like that a few times. Didn't have a good house. Didn't have a good home life. Would stay with us a lot. He ended up getting baptized one Sunday morning. He never came back to church again after that. Not one time. And I wonder, you know, did I, did I do this right? You know, and the answer, I think, is 100% no. I wasn't living for Christ. I was doing Sunday mornings for Christ. And, you know, I was, I was teaching him about baptism because I wanted to be right, not because I cared necessarily about his soul. And I look back on that, and I just I, I mourn about it because I know that right now he's off living. He probably hasn't stepped in a church building since that Sunday. He never actually became a disciple because I, I didn't teach him the things that Christ commands. This means, yes, I'm sorry, that discipleship isn't just a moment in time. 
Making a disciple isn't something that you get to do in one weekend where you say, hey, let's come have a Bible study. Yeah, that can be an awesome part of it. But creating a disciple takes time. It takes somebody, you saying, as a mature Christian, as someone who's met Christ, I'm going to take you under my wing, and I'm going to show you how awesome God is. I'm going to show you to my Savior. Rather than seeing someone get baptized and then sending on their way with a Bible or a brochure, Jesus tells us here to actively involve ourselves in walking new followers of Jesus through his teachings. What could be the result of skipping this important, important part of the Great Commission? I think exactly what we have in our churches today. We have a bunch of people who are asleep at the wheel of Christianity. You know, this big, this big teaching of Christ, you know, that we have here, that we teach on over and over and over again. And sometimes we get it and we're like, yeah, I need to do that. But we ask ourselves, can I really do this? Before I became, uh, I, I went to Faulkner University. I was there and I got a youth ministry degree. When I first went there, I was an education major. I was going to teach high school mainly because I wanted to coach high school wrestling. Let's be honest, okay? And so I was going to school there, and I thought to myself, you know, I went to camps and stuff growing up, but I was like, I could never be a preacher. And I, I, the thing I say at Highland all the time, you know, I'm, I'm still not a preacher. I'm just going to get up here and talk at you guys for a few minutes. But I thought to myself, I could never be a preacher because, you know, that you have to know everything, and you have to, you know, be able to study with people, and I, and I could just never do that. Perhaps you've always thought that there are those who are gifted to make disciples and those who aren't. But the truth is here that when Jesus is telling us to go and make disciples of every nation, this isn't just a commandment for specifically his apostles. This isn't just a commandment for those people who are in full-time ministry. This is a commandment for me. This is a commandment for you to go and to make disciples of all nations. If you're nervous or apprehensive about this, that's normal. But it could be because you're putting a lot of the pressure about success on yourself. Your abilities to persuade someone else, your abilities to argue with someone else. But here's some really, really good news. Y'all ready? It's not about you. It's not about you. When you're talking to Smelly Joe beside you in math, it's not about you. When you're talking to the super popular kid that you don't want to talk to, it's not about you. When you're talking to that person that was really, really mean to you, it's not about you. When you're talking to anybody, it's about Christ. It's not about saying, hey, I'm Malvin. Let me tell you why I'm right. It's about saying, hey, I'm Malvin. Let me get out of the way and introduce you to Christ. And once you start thinking about discipleship not as something that you get good at or that you're going to be awesome at or, or that, you know, only some people are good at, and start thinking of it as just a simple introduction, just a simple of this is how I live my life. Let me show you. I think that we can actually start to change the world. To summarize, David kind of, we talked about the same thing here. Have you ever wondered what your purpose in life was? You ever hear people ask that question, you know, what's the purpose of life? What's the purpose of all of this? Our purpose in life is God. 
simply put, is God. It's to praise him and to show other people how awesome he is. Our mission in life should be to show other people Christ and all the wonderful gifts that he has given to you. If we ever need a, a mission statement or, or some kind of thing to get behind, guys, this is a call worth dying for right here. This is a king that's worth living for. This is something that Jesus is asking. Will we follow him? Will we do this thing? Will we sit and hear this thing, this awesome, awesome dare that he is giving us at the end of his life? He's come back from the dead and all authority is his and he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me and you will do this. I think we're going to have a, an invitation now, right? So what that means is we're going to stand up and we're going to sing a song. We call it an invitation because we're going to invite you to come down front. If you need prayers, if you haven't been doing this, if you need support, we'll pray for you. As your brothers and sisters, the great thing about this commission is you don't have to do it by yourself. But also, if you've never actually been baptized, if you've never met Jesus and started off your journey with him, started off that mission, you can do that today too. If you need anything, would you please come as we stand and sing? Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the souls of men? Oh, you rescue the souls.